Welcome to the About Us podcast. It's obviously a podcast about us, about the people we don't talk about, about artists, writers, passionate people, and Coptic people. I firmly believe the fact that you don't need to be Oprah to be someone. It used to be called the Wednesday Women series. It used to be a series on YouTube, but now it's a podcast. And I'm your host, Maria Magdalena Lotfi. Hey, everyone. I know it's been a while since the last podcast, but now I'm back. I pray you're all doing good and staying safe in these difficult times. I just want to take a moment to say that if you have any prayer requests, send me a message. The COVID-19 situation has messed up everyone's life in one way or another. And with all the other events happening, such as the Black Lives Matter movement and the explosion in Lebanon, let's be there for each other through prayer, kindness, and love. Today's guest is the wonderful calligrapher Natalie Dimitri. This interview was previously held in December of 2019, but as much as we love technology and how it simplifies our lives, it didn't have my back that day. So we re-recorded it this summer, and finally, it's here. I want to thank Natalie so much for being kind and understanding and patient with me. In this episode, Natalie and I talk about her start in calligraphy, the journey into starting a business. Her business is called Bashful Lettering, by the way, so go check this out. And uh, having faith through it all. Listen to her wisdom, her tips and tricks about calligraphy, since she's super talented. And you'll notice how real and honest she is. And what she says is really comforting and encouraging. Enjoy! Hi, Natalie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for doing this with me. And I know it's a second time, so I'm really sorry that I'm like wasting your time for this. But thank you. No, no, not at all. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, um, first of all, maybe let's talk about since like since the last time we spoke, um, things were different. But now with, you know, the Corona situation and everything that's going on. Um, it's been different. So like, I just wondered if in general, the process of creating has changed. Um, honestly, like I think with everything going on and with being at home, I think it's been a trend with a lot of people where we've all been kind of unmotivated. So I definitely went through that where it's like, you know, you're kind of just stuck at home and you're bored. And it's like, I had all this free time where I could create, but at the same time I was like, like, not to sound, like, cliche, but, like, I didn't feel, like, inspired or motivated to really do anything. So it kind of took me a while. Like, I took, like, a pretty long break where I wasn't posting or making anything, and I'm kind of slowly just starting to get back into it and, like, working on things again. So just for people to know exactly what you're doing, can you describe exactly, like, what's your passion and uh, how long you've been doing it, where you're at now? I'm a hand letterer, so basically... It, it is what like it sounds like what it's called so I, I letter things for events and home decor and things like that um I have an Etsy shop where I sell things that I make or I do like custom products for people um I work a lot on like weddings which obviously with COVID and all that I haven't gotten a chance to do any wedding um lettering this season yeah so I've been doing it since 2017 
Um, it started out as a way to just keep myself busy when I had just moved from Montreal to New Jersey and I wasn't working. So I kind of just kept seeing pictures of people posting like their lettering and I was super interested in it. And then I just decided to kind of just start buying pens and things like that and start um, working on it myself. And then somehow I decided to open up an Etsy shop and took it from there. Did you study uh, something artistic in university or in college or uh, was it something more like on the side? Oh, not at all. I studied um, biochemistry, actually. So my, I have a degree in biochem. Even so, like my hand lettering like my bachelor lettering is just kind of a side thing right now it's not a full-time thing but even like my full-time day job is like social media marketing I don't use my degree at all but I guess I kind of always had a creative side growing up like I would love to like do scrapbooks and things like that but like I never really knew how to like tap into it until I discovered hand lettering we can say like thanks to social media and and the fact that you're also like you know um Your, your job right now is also social media so like that helped you discover a bit your passion oh definitely like social media like instagram for sure played a big part in it because you know you scroll through when you see pictures of like people doing things and you're like oh i wish i could do that and then you just kind of start doing it and then you know i started my own instagram account stuff so social media is for sure super important but have you ever used your uh degree before any of that or not even like have you ever had like a science you know related job or after university I did work in like the department industry for about two years but then um after I moved um I kind of like even the jobs that I have now I stumbled upon it because you know living in the states commutes and stuff are really crazy and I like found this job where I was actually I'm working in French and working from home So it was definitely a plus um, to be able to use, you know, my French background coming from Quebec and living in the States. You know, it was like a path that I didn't expect to go on. But the fact that I also work from home and it's like a very flexible job, it allows me to focus and work a lot on my lettering also. Since you moved from one place to another, has that affected you like artistically or like changed a bit the way you would create stuff or just, I don't know, inspired you differently? I guess so. I mean, I think that it inspired me in the sense that if I had lived in Montreal, I probably would still be in the job that I was in working in an office, not having the flexibility and the free time to kind of get started in what I'm doing. So maybe in that sense, it never would have kind of progressed into what it is now. But I think no matter where I am, it's kind of like, you know, like again with social media and everything, like I get to create for people back home in Montreal that know me or people here. Like I still have the same audience and stuff because of social media and like I'm able to send people things and, you know, we travel back and forth a lot. So it's still like it, it's good that I have kind of like both worlds to work with. Yeah, and then I I guess maybe eventually like it this world can grow right um, with time. So like it, it's a good it doesn't have to be like just a one place like or a local thing you know. Um, Definitely, yeah, exactly. Can we talk in details on how like the process of you know discovering your passion and um starting you know working on it and then creating a business like the the in between like how it happened um was it uh intimidating when you like started thinking of the uh, business side did you like uh you know make a thorough research on that 
uh, how did it happen? Definitely intimidating, and it still is, you know, like, at the same time, it's still, like I said, it's kind of like a side thing that I'm working on, and it's not, like, a full-fledged business yet, which eventually I would like it to be, but it's definitely hard to get to that point where it's, like, a full-time thing, but um, starting out, honestly... I didn't even want to start, like, sharing any of, like, my work. I didn't want to start an Instagram or an Etsy shop. Like, I felt like I was doing it just for me, just for fun, and I didn't feel like it was, like, good enough to, like, share with people. But then my husband is the one who encouraged me, and he's like, no, it's really good. You should start sharing. Like, you never know. Like, it started off with just, like, an Instagram, or oh, I'll just share, like, the things that I let her for fun. And then from there, it was like, oh, well, actually, maybe I should start an Etsy shop if people are, like, interested in the things I'm making. So, but it definitely does require, like, a lot of research and a lot of trial and error. Like, you know, even till now, I'll create something and I'll put it up on Etsy thinking, like, I love this product. I worked so hard on it. People are going to love it. And then, like, you don't sell a single thing. So it's, it's a lot of, like, trial and error and just figuring out kind of, the business side and like the marketing and all of that and like figuring out your audience and what people would want. Before sharing, did you feel like it was uh, more like a, a therapeutical thing or um, or was it just really purely out of pleasure? It definitely like a mix of both, you know, like it was a good way to fill my time doing something. It is therapeutic, like anytime, you know, like you know how they talk about like coloring books for adults or anything like for me, yeah. like anytime I pick up a pen and paper or like my iPad or whatever to like letter, like that's what it was. It was therapeutic and it was like a like productive way to like fill my time where you're not just like watching TV or like doing like mindless things. But um, like at the same time, like it's a double-edged sword when you kind of start to like turn to the business side of these things because then it kind of becomes work. And that's when it's like you're no longer doing it for fun. So like that's the times where sometimes I need to take like take a step back because like I'll get so overwhelmed and have so many ideas and like want to do so much in terms of like the work part of it that like I kind of lose the fun of just like lettering, you know. But so how do you do that? Do you have like a specific routine or like a, a specific mindset when it when that happens? Like, do you have, okay, wait, like, I have so many ideas, I need to write them down, then I can tackle like one after the other? Like, how do you process that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely have like a million different lists. <laughs> like, I'll get really excited and like, just write a bunch of things down, even like, if it's like a quote that I think of that I want to letter, or like a product that I want to make, like, I'll just make a bunch of lists. And then eventually, like, I sit down and kind of, like, sift through all my thoughts and then narrow it down in terms of, like, okay, like, I'll start with, like, one thing at a time. I'll start making one thing. Like, I'll start doing the designs for this thing. And then if that works, then I can do the next thing. So it's just, like, definitely lists are, like, super important. <laughs> do you feel like it was sufficient for you to have only your husband's encouragement? Or was there also, like, other people when you started sharing? Like, um, did you get feedback from other people? I mean, definitely, like, his encouragement was, like, the number one factor. But then it's, like, you know, when you start sharing, at first, it's, like, your friends and family that want to support you. So, like, you'll have family being, like, oh, give me your card. I'll give it to people. Or, like, family buying things from you and friends encouraging you in that way. But then what's cool about social media is that, like, you build a community, right? Like, you start sharing and you start following people. But then you actually start to kind of, like, talk to them and network with them online. So that's like also like a way of encouragement to have like like people that are doing the same thing as you, like encouraging you and supporting you. Is it social media? Is it always the 
sorry, not always. I mean, is it also the um, like one of your main uh, tools for like inspiration or do you seek inspiration elsewhere or on other platforms? Um, well, definitely Instagram and then Pinterest is great for like finding quotes or just finding like, like also, you know, like the thing with lettering to or anything artistic I find is you have to be really careful between like inspiration versus imitation. So you don't want to like see someone's work and be like, oh, that's super cool. I want to make the same thing, but then just copy their work. So I try to be really careful with that where like I won't, like look at something for too long let's say like if I like it I'll like glance at it but then I'll go do my own thing because if I look at it too long then like my brain will just kind of like replicate that and I'll be like no like I'm stealing someone's work you know what I mean yeah is it a constant thought process that you have to go through all the time or is it depending on what you're working on I mean it depends what I'm working on especially like when you're doing like work for like a client let's say that wants something for their wedding and they show you a picture that they found online and they're like I want you to do exactly this it's like you have to tell them like I could do something close to it I could do something similar kind of with my own style and my own spin on it but I can't do the exact same thing because that's someone else's work you know but then if I'm working on something like for myself then at that point I kind of just don't really look at anything if anything I'll just use like Pinterest or whatever for like quote ideas or something like that but then I kind of will just like sketch and draw until like I have like a design that's my own that I like. Are people usually receptive uh, of of that comment, or like does it bother them, or do, like do they understand it, or that part of you know your work? Yeah, I mean, most like to be honest, I've been lucky where most of the people that I've like created things for have been really flexible and like they just were like, I trust you, I like your style, just like if you could do something similar to this, whatever. I think I probably had, like, one person to deal with that wasn't really, like, easy, where they just wanted me to kind of, like, copy-paste the picture that they found. <laughs> but <laughs> but otherwise, like, most of the time, like, people people get it. But at the same time, it's, like, a lesson learned, right? It's, like, you, um, you learn how to deal with uh, different kind of people, so... Yeah, like- exactly. And I think, it like, now it's gotten a little easier. But in the beginning, for sure, it's, like, you make the rookie mistakes of like, oh, we didn't discuss price, let's say. So I never asked them their budget. And then I start working on the thing. And then when I tell them the price, they're like, oh my God, that's too high. Or like, you don't, you know, like in the beginning, you don't like know all these things or you're not comfortable doing them. And then eventually like, you just know, like this is the list of things that I need to like go through with people before I start working on something for them. Was there a specific reason why you chose Etsy for your store? Honestly, I've always shopped on Etsy. Like I like the idea of just like, it's like quote unquote small businesses, just people making things and selling them for themselves. And it it was just a really like straightforward and easy platform to use. So I kind of just, um, I went with it because it's what I knew. And even now, like, I don't feel the need to, like, I've tried to kind of build my own shop on my website. And it was just so overwhelming. And I didn't feel like it would make such a big difference that I just stuck with it. Would you also uh, recommend it? I Well, I guess, right, from what you're saying, like, recommend it to other people if they want to start selling their products? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to keep in mind you're selling on a platform where they're going to take a percentage of your sales because that's how they make their money. But like to I personally find that the like percentage they take is very reasonable and then it's just very like user-friendly and then 
things like shipping, for example, like I don't have to go through the hassle of like buying my shipping labels. When I get an order, it all like is automatically done through Etsy. So things like that just make it really easy to use. Now, speaking of style, because earlier you spoke about it saying when people ask you, like, can you do something similar to what I've found online? And, and you, you, you know, you try to say, like, you can add a bit of your own touch. Can you say that now you found your style or it's uh, a work in progress or like a lifetime process? Like, how did you come to, like, you know, choose your own style? Um, I think it's a constant work in progress. I like when I look at the things that I made when I first started, like, obviously, like, I would never sell those right now because, like, you're a beginner and you think it's good, but then as your style, like, evolves, you realize, like, you've come a long way from where you started. But even now, like, sometimes I'll, like, write things out and it, it is my style and I like it, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, it would be cool if I could do this or it would be cool if I could try this. So I think it's just, like, you'll kind of always have like your baseline style because it's like also muscle memory I find in terms of like the lettering with your hand. Like once you have a specific style, your hand kind of just goes in that motion. But like it's okay to also like, if you see a font that you like or if you see something different, like to test it out and see if like you can make it your own, you know. So it's definitely always like a constant work in progress. Yeah, because I think when you try something new, it uh, brings you out of your comfort zone. Uh, yeah, comfort zone. And at the same time, like you said, I, I, like the core essence of your your style will always be there, it will always be this constant like element. And it, I guess it represents who you are, right? Like your interests a bit and what you like as not not just a person, but also like as an artist. Um, yeah, for sure. Which makes you like unique to or, or like different than other Uh, artists in your area yeah definitely I think that's the thing too is like a lot of the time you'll like do the comparison game and you'll look at someone else's style and you'll be like oh my god I love that I wish I could do that but you kind of have to like take a step back and be like no like what I do is also good and nice and people like it so like you have to appreciate it for like what it is you can do you know yeah no exactly Cause, like what you're saying right now reminds me of me and photography And you were talking about, like, when you first started, how your stuff, like, you know, you wouldn't sell them now. And I'm thinking of, like, my first pictures versus now. And, and sometimes I feel bad. Like, you know, I, I took pictures of these people and they already posted them on Instagram. And then they see my new stuff. It's like, oh, I could have been better for that person, you know? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you learn, you grow and you evolve. Like, you kind of, you should look back at that and think, wow, that was really good. Or like at that stage that I was at you know what I mean yeah like like we've come a long way right so. <laughs> yeah exactly but do you think people can understand that or perceive that notion of change and evolution or if it's easy for them to be on board with that to get on board I don't know I mean I would think so like if you know that I'm just starting out as a hand letter and you're like my first ever customer you can't expect to look at what I make like 10 years from now and have it look the same, right? Yeah. So what have been your like favorite part of what you're currently doing and your least favorite parts? Favorite part is definitely like anything for weddings. So I've loved like I've done like invitation designs or like place cards or, you know, seating charts on mirrors, like anything wedding and event related. I love because I actually also do have a diploma in event planning. So oh, like, cool. I have, yeah, so I do have like a soft spot for events. So anything like for a birthday or a wedding or anything like that, I'll, like I love doing. You know, the stuff that I put on my Etsy shop and that like I sell, that's stuff that I kind of, those are things that I make that's like 
I make them thinking, oh, I would buy that. You know what I mean? So those are more like personal things that reflect like my personal taste and my style. And sometimes they sell, sometimes they don't. But you know what? At the end of the day, like I, I enjoy doing them. The least favorite part, I would say, I guess it's just all the like, like it's funny because literally today I've been working on like my website and just like revamping it and working on it. So it's like more of the like that like marketing business side of it where it's like, it's a little tedious to me. Like, I just want to sit there and, like, letter things and, like, draw pretty flowers. You know, I don't want to, like, sit here and, like, build a website. But if you want to, like, really market yourself and put your work out there, that's kind of what you have to do. Is there a reason why you got a diploma in event planning or? It's actually something that I always wanted to do. And then, um, funny enough, so after I got married, um, I had already quit my job in Montreal. But I couldn't move to the States right away because I was waiting for my paperwork to be done. So I had like a period of like nine months where I wasn't working. So I figured I just like signed up and did um, a one-year program at Kaleza Sal and got a diploma in event planning. Okay, so like you still did like all the things that you wanted to do, like kind of um, like make your dreams come true kind of thing, like in its own time, you'd say that, like without you really? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Are you the type of person who like has to plan out everything or can like go with the flow oh no I don't know how to go with the flow at all <laughs> <laughs> like I, it's like you know some people are not self-aware and they don't realize these but like I'm very well aware of, I'm not an easygoing person um I do like to plan and have things like organized and done in a certain way my husband can definitely tell you like when things change at the last minute I'm not usually a very happy camper <laughs> but you know like I, I I'm like aware of it and I kind of try to work on it and you know, try to go with the flow, but it's not always easy for me. But I guess for you, in the, in your case, like, it's a good thing because, you know, running a business cannot always be uh, going with the flow thing. So, like, um, yeah, like, you have to plan and organize and also, you know, be on time for your clients or, you know, whatever uh, product you're launching, right? So, yeah, for sure. And, you know, like, The fact that I do this, like, part-time on top of working, like, a full-time job, it's, like, I think it takes a certain kind of personality and someone that's, like, very organized and, like, type A to multitask and do all these things. So I guess it works for me. It might not work for somebody else that's, like, more easygoing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it changes from one person to to another for sure. How can you incorporate, like, your your art and what you do with your faith or, like, vice versa, like, your faith in your art? Or how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, my faith is super important. And, like, a lot of the time, like, a lot of the things that I put on my Etsy shop, for example, like, that's where I put, like, things that are faith-related. Or, you know, on my Instagram, like, I'll try to, like, but not that I'll try. It's, like, I'll want to post, like, a Bible verse, things like that. Like, to me, those are the things that I letter when I kind of don't have, like, a specific product or project or anything to work on, like. I'll want to, like, letter a Bible verse or, like, a Christian quote or something like that. Like, it, that's the, like that's where, like, the therapeutic side really comes in, where it's, like, I'm meditating on this verse while I'm getting to, like, letter it, you know? Yeah. And are are these products, like, faith-related product, products, have they been, like, more in demand, maybe, like, in, in our community, like, in the Coptic community? Or, like, are they more enjoyable to make because, like, they're closer to you kind of thing? Or... How would you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. I would say more enjoyable, I guess, because it's like something that's important to me that I feel like, you know, I've like, for, like 
the thing is, like, I've noticed, like, sometimes when I post, like, Bible verses on Instagram, that's where you'll lose, like, a couple of followers. Oh, but, yeah. You know, yeah, like, I've actually noticed that, but I don't care, because, you know, at the end of the day, like, my faith is, like, the most important thing to me, and I'm, I'm, yeah, like, I post on Instagram and things like that, because, you know, you want people to notice and, like, hire you and, like, buy your work and things, but at the same time, to me, like, I post on Instagram the things that I would want to see. If I lose a couple followers, like, I don't care because at the same time, I, there is, like, a very big community of Christian letterers on Instagram. So, you know, that's also, like, a great thing. If we uh, speak about lettering a little more, like, for someone like me who actually has maybe, <laughs> like, zero to little knowledge regarding uh, hand lettering, what about, uh-huh. like, the material uh, what kind of material do you use? Um, do you need like a certain knowledge of the colors? How did you teach yourself maybe, or like learn all of this? Well, when I first started learning, like the, so there's like, there's a lot of different ways where you can letter. Like there's like the super traditional like calligraphy where it's like the like traditional like nib pen and ink. I cannot do that for my life. It's super hard. People that do it and do it well, like really impress me, but like I can't do that. Um, then you like what I do is like what like people call like more like modern calligraphy so I started off using like brush pens which are just like markers that have like a tip that's kind of like a brush so you create like the thin and the thick strokes and things like that that's what I started with and then kind of just like by like again like researching and like following other like hand letters that teach lettering and like teach like crafting techniques and things like that you know, I've tried a bunch of different things, like embossing, which is, like, basically, like, a powder that you could, it, like, basically melts onto things when you letter with, like, a specific pen. There's, like, like, you could just do, like, paint. There's so many things that you could do. Um, personally, like, I've tried a lot of different things. Personally, I do prefer to work on my iPad and work digitally. It's more convenient where I could carry it around. I could literally create all my designs and everything right on my iPad. But then I also do a lot of, like, so I work with my Cricut, which is a cutting machine, and that's what I use to kind of, like, make anything that has, like, vinyl on it. So, like, shirts, um, pillowcases, bags, mugs, like, anything that I have to, like, cut out my lettering, I use, like, vinyl and a Cricut machine. Um, but really, like, there's, the possibilities are endless, you know? Like, I love to work on, like, um, canvases or wood signs with paint and things like that once you did your research and all that like because i'm thinking of like all the equipment you're you're talking about right now like did you Mm -hmm. need to make like a list of the things you would need or you would want and like the budget you you have because i'm just thinking for someone who wants to start that uh do they need to have like all these things at first or uh or it depends on what they want to sell like what would you say there's definitely ways to start small like Again, like, if you literally just start with, like, pen and paper, like, that's the most basic way. Like, again, if you just get, like, brush pens, um, things like that, it's super basic. It's, like, a good way to start learning. That's how I learned, um, by just using, like, brush pens and then, like, following, like, people that were teaching pen lettering that, like, gave tutorials. They would give, like, practice sheets, things like that. That's um, what I would use to learn. And then when you do want to start selling things you definitely have to like budget you know like before I started buying things like my Amazon cart was just like full of things all the time until like I would pull the trigger you know it's like it's a lot because you get excited and it's like overwhelming because you want to just do everything at the same time but I would say just start small and you know like 
working with the iPad, like, I think it's, like, at this point, most people have an iPad or even just a phone. If you have, like, a stylus and a pen with, like, an app, I use Procreate on my iPad, but I'm sure even on a phone or things like that, like, there's ways of doing it. So, I don't think it needs to, like, you don't have to invest and, like, buy all the things up front. You could just kind of start small. And then when you see that, like, people want you to make things for them, that's kind of when you start buying the materials for each specific project. And then at a certain point, you know, you'll kind of just, like, accumulate everything that you need to, like, work on more projects. How did you come up with um, your prices? And when did you start feeling comfortable with, you know, the prices you, you set up? To be honest, I'm still not comfortable with pricing. The thing with pricing, like, stuff like when you're an artist is that people always think that it's too expensive but I think that it's because um people don't realize like let's say like when you're buying like just like a, a um like a just a, a a print that I make you think it's just like oh a paper and like some materials it's not, but the thing is a lot of the time with like stuff like lettering is you're not really paying for the material you're paying for the the design and the time that it takes to work on something. And that's kind of something that I learned, again, like, through, like, researching. There's literally a book that I have that's called, I think it's, like, Pricing for Calligraphers, like, something along those lines. And then, like, other calligraphers that I follow, like, they'll, they'll talk about how they do their pricing. It's definitely tricky because some people don't really think that, like, the price you're giving them is worth it. But I kind of go based on, like, the standard of others doing what I do. But even then, to be honest, I think that sometimes I lowball my prices because I'm worried that, like, people will think it's too high if I tell them the real price I want to tell them, you know? Do you sometimes try to go, like, according to their budget depending on, like... Yeah, I mean, the ideal thing... Yeah, definitely. Like, the ideal thing is to start by asking... Like, it's one thing when I'm selling products on my Etsy shop that I'm making. Like, I'm pricing based on the materials and the time and the design. And then if they sell, they sell. If they don't, you know... It is what it is. But when you're working on something like specific, like a custom order, um, it's definitely a good idea to start by asking what the budget is because you don't want to kind of like shock them by giving them a price that's like unattainable. Um, Sometimes when I've given people prices, they've been like totally fine. They're like, yeah, cool. We'll go with it. I've had people tell me like, oh, no, thanks. This is too expensive. You know, it, it. At the end of the day, something like calligraphy, especially for like a wedding or an event or something like that, it's kind of like a luxury, right? So if you're looking to have something custom hand-lettered, it's because you kind of have that budget to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. I noticed on Instagram, but I'm not sure, like maybe that's just an assumption, but I think you like reading, right? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's good. It's Um, a pretty fair assumption. Because I see you sometimes sharing uh, books you read, and then lately you've been reading poetry by Morgan Harper Collins. Is is that her name? I can't. I uh, know it's uh, Morgan Harper Nichols. Morgan okay, Nichols. Okay. Yeah. Does reading inspire you to like create stuff, or reading is just like pure pleasure? And like, what have you been reading lately, or what would you suggest people to read? It's more so for pleasure honestly I don't kind of combine like my lettering stuff with my reading maybe while I'm reading like sometimes a quote will catch my attention or something but most of the time I'm just reading to read at any given time I'm usually reading more than one book to be honest um right now I'm reading so yeah I was reading um all along you were blooming by Morgan Harper Nichols I finished that one but that wasn't a really really great like 
just like to like pick it up, open it, and just like read one poem that like kind of speaks to you, just like one a day was great. And I also love it because she's also an artist, so she draws and like paints and letters her designs in the book. So that one was a good one. I'm right now I'm reading books about plants because <laughs> I'm kind of like into house plants and stuff since we got our new house I bought a bunch of plants and I'm trying to keep them alive and I'm also reading um I was in the middle of reading the Harry Potter series but I haven't read those in a while just a quick break to let you know that you should go follow Natalie right now on Instagram at bashful lettering so b-a-s-h-f-u L-L-E-T-T-E-R-I-N-G. So at Bashful Lettering, also check out her website, bashfullettering.com. And don't forget to check out her Etsy shop and go support her. And let's go back to the interview. Reading also leads me to uh, writing because I know you have a blog. And I remember reading your blog posts and loving your style your writing style like i just love how you write you, like you know in french we say like you have a nice like in belle plume so like that's for uh, me that's what i got when i read them and i was like damn i like that uh, <laughs> um and so so like how did you come come up with the idea of writing a blog like is it to complement a bit your hand lettering business or or is it for like other ideas that you might have like or, or, or things you want to express other than hand lettering I think it's more for me like I just kind of like I've always liked writing but I never had anything to write about so now like since I have my website let me just start a blog section and I and I literally just write the way that I would talk or the way I think I don't really think about it. I kind of just <laughs> ramble in most of my posts. But I'm glad to see that you're enjoying that. So it just means that you're like, you know, you have a very broad and, and good vocabulary, which is something I, I'm working on <laughs> sometimes because like, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot when I write. And that's why like I haven't been writing for a while now. Um, I'm just trying to read as much as I can and like, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, like, but I think sometimes, like, don't overthink it. If you feel like writing, just write, you know, like, whatever whatever comes out, like, it's totally fine. I think, like, I asked all my, like, long questions. I think the, the last long question before we go to the, like, fun, fun part would be how you see yourself in five years. That's a good question. Honestly, this year, like, I'm pretty sure, like, most people with everything with COVID and stuff, this year kind of, like through all our plans kind of out the window <laughs> <laughs> like you know we've been living in Jersey and like our long-term plan was that we always wanted to move back to Montreal but then somehow we ended up buying a house here with all of this craziness going on it's hard to say like ideally in five years when it comes to my lettering it would be nice if it was like my full-time thing but it, it, it's really hard because I feel like in order to make your business full-time you have to sacrifice like I shouldn't Not that I shouldn't, but it's, like, hard to be working a full-time job while trying to build a business. So it's, like, you would need to be building your business full-time, but then, like, sacrificing, like, having a salary. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it, 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 it's hard. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I never, like, it's weird because I'm a planner with, like, my day-to-day -day stuff. But in terms of, like, long-term life planning, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, like, think that far ahead. Well, I think, like you said, I think the Corona thing 
like made us really aware that no matter like what we plan and how we have like everything in order or we might think it is in order um that like in one instant it can all like you know be thrown away um and then it, it makes you realize how like maybe we just had the wrong priorities listed and like we realize what matters the most and what doesn't because it, it, it almost feels like death was like at the door right <laughs> like on the threshold so it's like oh what if what if tomorrow like didn't exist right like it's a very I don't know this year was a very deep year I guess for everyone and for yeah like all the dreams we want to you know we, we want to chase and like it's not just like how we see ourselves like even in the future like as a as a is what we do or an artist, but also like as everyday, like human beings, you know, having a life. But I really liked what you said about, you know, you have to really make a sacrifice to have something, you know, work fully. Um, it, yeah, it really hit me because like with um, what I do or like what my friends try to do that some of them are starting a blog and then we try to help each other, you know, taking pictures and all that. Like they, they would ask me like, you know, how many pictures should I post on Instagram like per day? And I'd say like, try at least once a day. And they would like, they would be in shock. But I'm like, yeah, it is a second full-time job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that's the thing, like especially with like Instagram, for example, like if I wanted to post something every day, that means I have to letter something new every day. Like taking the pictures is one thing, but then actually creating the content yeah. is another. So it's like, it's it's really hard and I think the thing now is like social media is getting like really oversaturated so if your goal is like to become an Instagram star like it's really hard like to get your stuff noticed um for me that's definitely not my goal like my goal is just like I use Instagram as like a marketing tool for what I do would it be nice to have a lot of followers to like have a lot of people see my work yes but I don't devote the time to it that I should in order to like reach that goal so who knows like maybe at some point like I'll be able to do this like more full-time but like seriously this year really showed us that like nothing is in our hands like whatever happens happens you know so you just kind of have to again I can go with the flow like big picture but weirdly enough I don't know how to go with the flow with just like everyday plan (laughs) but I think it's just um like going with the flow like I feel like for me, it might just be, you know what, let it in God's hands. And, like, it's just going to come, like, when it when it does or when it has to come, you know. And, like, we, we can't choose when to plan it or, like, you know, God will choose that time for us. Exactly. So it's, um, it, I think that that's the hardest part. Like, you know, the, the go with the flow is to, like, actually let it go. <laughs> like, like instead Definitely. of holding on. Yeah, because I think, like, we can have faith, like, in theory. But then, like, when push comes to shove, you're like, no, 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 I want to control this. But, like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, exactly. All right. So um, we can start with, like, the, the very, like, small questions. If you're a fashion fan, do you like denim or leather? Denim. What's your uh, favorite food? What I have, which is stuffed, uh, stuffed grape, leaf, grape leaves. I can literally eat it like, it, like it's chips. Do you, <laughs> do you actually make them or are you... Uh, no, I don't make it, and I usually have a stash in my freezer from my mom, but I finished all of it, and I have not been able to see her to get more. <laughs> Name two or three careers you would choose, like, if you wouldn't be able to do hand lettering or, like, yeah, 
or two or three like other passions? I would have liked to be a marine biologist or a vet, anything with animals. Yeah, you have a dog, right? Yeah, I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it? It, um, is it a lot to have like a dog and then work on your stuff at home or thankfully she's pretty like chill like she's energetic but she also just likes to just like sit and hang out with you so she's not super high maintenance that is um, good. She's, like she's three years old now she was when she was like one or two and like she was a crazy puppy but she's good now she likes to keep us company that's good especially like in the corona that's that's what she got like right <laughs> Yeah, we literally, like, went back and forth, like, should we get another dog? And we're like, no, 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 this is just a quarantine speaking. <laughs> like, we should not get another dog. <laughs> what are three things you like to do when it's raining? I don't like the rain, so I don't like to be outside <laughs> when it's raining. <laughs> so I guess maybe just, like, sit on the couch, be cozy, drink some tea, either read a book or watch TV. You're, you're more of a tea person than a coffee person? Um, I like both actually, pretty equally. Okay, we're we're on the same boat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite music genre, or like, if you have a specific um, artist, you know, like a singer album? Specific genre, I would say like I like a lot of the time I'll listen to just worship music, or I just like vocal house, or like just like normal like pop stuff. Favorite artist, though, I am, like, a diehard Backstreet Boys fan, like, since my childhood. <laughs> but also, I would say, like, I really like One Republic. Like, my current, like, go-to favorite would be um, One Republic. What's your favorite book or your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Good question. I like 500 Days of Summer. Um, my best friend's wedding. Like, I like the old school, like, cheesy, like, rom-coms. Those are the kind of things that I could kind of rewatch. Yeah, but they were the best ones, like, back in the days as well. I feel like 500 Days of Summer was the, like, newest, best one, you know, after, like, <laughs> my best friend's wedding or something. Yeah, I feel like there hasn't been any good ones in years. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I <laughs> like, I, I feel like we have to dig in to see, like, maybe... Not just the old, older ones, but like independent ones or like other uh, other cultural, like not just American um, rom coms, right? So yeah, exactly. What's your favorite childhood memory? You know, weirdly enough, I have a conversation with people a lot. I don't remember things from my childhood. Like, <laughs> I remember in theory, like I'll see pictures and like people will tell me things, but like specific memories are really hard for me. But I guess like just general memories would be like family trips when we were kids. My parents would take us on road trips. We would go to like Maine a lot. So those were like the fun good old days. What's your favorite country, city, region, or like just a place? It could be, it doesn't have to be like a city, but like a specific place. I love Spain. We've been to Spain twice now and I would go back again and again to see like all the different cities. I love the food. The people are super nice. Everything is like so pretty. What's your favorite verse or quote? My favorite verse, um, I have two favorite verses. So Ecclesiastes 3.11, which is, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And um, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Do you use them like as meditations at times? Yeah. They're like my go-to, like I repeat them all the time, <laughs> especially when I'm like stressed and overwhelmed. That's what I had. So thank you so much, Nalini. Thanks for having me. 
We hope you liked this episode. If you liked it, please uh, give it a thumbs up and a comment. Give us your feedback. And if you have any suggestions, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, thank you and see you soon for another episode at the About Us podcast. Bye. Thank you.